Welcome to the Blogger Genius Podcast brought to you by MiloTree. Here's your host, Jillian Leslie. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today, my guest is my friend, Abir, from the food blog, Cake Whiz. So welcome to the show, Abir. Thank you for having me. So we met back in, I looked it up, 2015. And we were just kind of at, we were at Blogger Food in Chicago. And uh, we were both kind of standing somewhere. And we just kind of struck up a conversation. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was near the phone chargers. Yes, I, I can totally picture it. Our batteries are <laughs> And I had come to Food Blogger because we had just rolled out Milo Tree and I had these postcards and I was handing them out and it was like it took so much courage on my part to go up to random strangers and talk about it and you were one of those super sweet people. Aw, <laughs> well you were pretty amazing yourself. Oh, and you started showing me photos of the cakes you make. Yes, I don't know how that how it came to that, but yeah, we started uh, talking about your blog and my blog. Right, you my... knew you knew Catch My Party, right? Yes, I knew about it uh, because uh, I did some party posts on my blog, and I've seen some of your parties, and they're very few party party blogs out there. Right, and yours is one of them, so that's why I knew you. So when you were talking, I'm like, oh. That's who you are. I know you. Totally. And there I was at at Food Blogger, uh, I mean, at at Blogger Food. And it was so interesting because what I realized is that we are in these little silos. So I'm, you know, catch my party and nobody there knew who I was except you. I think it's because of the niches. Uh, every blog has their own niche. And I mean, if someone does a lot of savory food, then they probably are in like the same circle of friends and bloggers who do a lot of savory food. Same with like low carb bloggers or vegan bloggers. That's not to say they don't overlap. Like, you know, I have friends who are, you know, very healthy food bloggers. I don't do any healthy food. Right. But we all know each other. But since yours was so similar to mine in a sense that, you know, you do a crafty food and it's creative, that I was like, oh, there are very few bloggers who do that. So when you know someone like that, you get really excited. You're like, yes, there is someone else out there. Totally. Totally. And we bonded because we both have have one child. Yes, we do. And right? we were talking about that. Yes. And I think my son was like maybe two or three at the time. Yes. And I was like, yeah, I only have one. Yes. I have one too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and times. then wait. And then the other thing that I always remember about you is you are a scientist. I am. I'm actually, I have a master's in science. Uh, I have a master's in cell bio and botany. And I don't do anything with that degree now, but mm. I guess there is some um, science that goes into baking. Yeah, but isn't, it, isn't it all chemistry? <laughs> it is. I mean, there's a lot of balance and ratios and measurements involved, but I mean, not, I'm not in a lab anymore. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I remember thinking nice that you had made such a big change. So could you, okay, so let's step back. Mm-hmm. Can you share how you created Cake Whiz? So cake was actually started as a hobby. I have been baking my entire life with my mom, my family, and it's just something I truly enjoyed. I never did cake decorating though. I never threw parties uh, where you know there were themes and so forth. Uh, when I got married and moved to Chicago from Canada, I 
there was a cake decorating class happening nearby. And I was like, you know what? Let me just register for the class. It just looks like fun. Uh, so I registered and I was hooked. Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't stop decorating. And I felt like there was all this creativity that I can channel into this. And it was just so much fun. So I started the blog just to document everything. You know, I'm just putting all the you know stuff that I'm making or learning just, just for the sake of my family and friends. And they were the only ones who actually had the link or I shared them with. And next thing I know, I started getting comments from like readers, like regular people I've never met saying, thank you so much for the tutorial or that was really great. Can you share that recipe? And I'm like, oh my God, who are these people? <laughs> like they're new people reading my blog. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It was odd. It was just exciting. And now, what year I, was this? About six years ago, I believe. Okay. Six years ago, I think. Yeah. And then I think things got a little more serious and brands started reaching out to me mm. and they'll be like, Hey, we wanted to work with you. And this was all new to me. I didn't even know you could make money with a blog. I did not know how to price myself and obviously made a lot of mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, price too low. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, this is so much work, but I learned a lot and I just love what I'm doing now. So the hobby just suddenly turned into this business now. Okay, so how did you, so were you at this point working in a lab? No, I had just finished my master's. I had okay. finished my master's, I did a different of my thesis, and I got married like within a month. Okay. <laughs> because we've been engaged for a while, so we were waiting. And then I moved from Canada to Chicago, and I was exhausted. I mean, I just, I was tired of studying, I was tired of researching, and I was just taking some time off. Well, uh, maybe a couple of months, that was the plan. Okay. And then the blogging things just sort of took over and I just started having fun with it. So, okay. What, when you first realized this could be a business, what did you do next? When I realized that, oh, okay. I started doing it with a proper schedule, with a proper plan, uh, not putting up a post like every other day. It's actually sitting down and creating a list of posts I want, why I'm making those posts, why I'm blogging, who, I, who am I blogging for? And then really creating like a plan for myself, like what do I want for this year? What do I want for next year? And really discussing those ideas with my husband as well, because it is a family and I need to make sure that whatever my plans are, are in connection with their family as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you decided I'm going to make cakes, desserts. What was your strategy? So initially the plan was to just do the cake decorating and desserts because people were asking me for the cake recipes as well, because they would not be able to see the cake inside, but they knew that I decorated the cake. So okay. I started doing tutorials initially, and then that moved over into recipes for the cakes and cupcakes and cookies and so forth. Initially I was just a dessert blogger. I did not even add savory recipes until last year. Really? Yes. And I was actually terrified of doing that. And it took me that long to actually make the jump. I have always been a comfort food blogger or um, some of the desserts, they were fancy and cute looking and I could use those in parties. So I would do all that. But last year I was like, let me see. I mean, you're not going to see kale salads or (laughs) anything healthy on the blog. But I started doing comfort food savory recipes. And then I was like, you can serve this at a party too. Why can't you serve like, you know, um, fried chicken or uh, lasagnas? And I was like, these are things that I serve at parties. So why not now? Did your audience come along for the ride? They did. And that was my biggest fear. And I'm pretty sure if I suddenly started sharing salads 
and like uh, healthy dressings and stuff like that, it would not have worked because that's not my audience. My audience likes comfort food. My okay. audience loves chocolate. My audience loves butter as much as me. Okay. So it makes no sense for me to be making a jump and then suddenly jumping into a totally different angle. So what I was doing is, yes, I made the jump into savory as well, but I'm still like a 95% dessert blogger. I still post more desserts than savory. And I made sure that my savory recipes are comfort food as well. Now, do your They're, friends do your mm-hmm. friends ever come to you and say, will you decorate a cake for me? Will you build, bake a cake? Oh, yes, all the time. And I usually uh, decline. <laughs> I It's just, okay, I have a few reasons. Number one, Chicago has very strict rules about... Um, I guess running a business out of your home. Okay. And I'm not going to do anything that's illegal. Okay. So I have always declined because of those reasons too. And it makes sense. I mean, there are hygiene factors that you have to take into account. You have to hire out a kitchen space and so forth. So I'm not going to suddenly run a business of cakes and pastries out of my house. Got it. Uh, I think, and the other reason was, you know, sometimes when you run a business like that, I feel like I might not be able to balance the blogging aspect of the business. And it just seemed like blogging was something I enjoyed way more yep. than actually becoming like a baker who's selling to people. Got it. Yeah. Do you feel pressure, though, if there's a family event that you need I to do. show up with a cake? Yes. Uh, in the past, like I had a wedding last year. My brother got married a, couple, a few years ago, actually. And he asked me as well. And I declined every single time. <laughs> I mean, it's already stressful going to a wedding, getting ready, getting the kiddo ready, again, making sure we're on time. And as you know, a family member, you have to you know greet the people as they're coming in and be a host. And there's already so many little things I need to take care of that I was like, I cannot do a cake in this situation. <laughs> it's just not possible. That um, is... Yeah, so I fully, I usually apologize and pull away. I love that. Okay, so you started this blog, and was the first thing that brands started reaching out to you? Did you think about, you know, putting ads up? Like what? Uh, Ads or something? I didn't even know. Okay, so I had this weird, wrong, wrong impression that you don't make a lot of money with ads. And I was absolutely crazy, okay? Because, so I did not even go on, like, any ad network. For a while, I was already working with brands. I didn't have any ads on my site because I had no idea they could make as much money as you do with ads. Okay. And I'm sure there are different networks and different uh, CPMs and RPMs with different networks. Um, And as you grow, you can go to better paying networks. But at that time, I had no idea. So initially, I was just making money by working with brands. And uh, you were sharing with me, though, how you would underprice yourself. Yes, I did. Initially, I had no idea how to price myself. Because again, this was not something any I knew anyone who was doing that I can ask them. Um, it was something that sort of just fell into my lap and that I was enjoying doing. And now people were interested in getting me to work for them. But I had no idea how to price myself. So we sat down and we created different packages for brands. Uh, like if, we, if they want just a blog post, or if they want blog posts and social media shares. If they want just social media shares, if they want video along with the post, basically knowing what they want and I could price accordingly because then I would know how much time and effort I would have to put into that uh, project. And that really took the stress factor out for me. Did you think about it from an hourly wage? I tried and it got a little complicated for me because there are some posts um, that take more work, like cake decorating or party planning, that those posts will take so much more time 
um, than like a recipe post. Right. So it was becoming hard for me to figure it out. And then we just started doing a ballpark range of how long it usually takes me on those posts. Right. And then just creating a round figure for that. That worked out better for us. Got it. Yeah. And do you think of your husband as your business partner? Um, not a, He's not officially a business partner, but yes, he's someone that I do run my ideas through. Uh, someone who I discuss, you know, all the technical stuff for my blog, obviously. Okay. And uh, yeah, so he is my rock right there. I mean, he's helping me along and he's been very, very supportive. And at what point did you think to yourself, this is a business? Um, I think when my husband and I actually sat down to create um, those prices, that was probably a turning point for me. Okay. Because up until then, it was more like, oh, yeah, sure, here's a little money. Here's, let's do this as a hobby and so forth. Um, just a little extra income coming in, not a big deal. But, yeah, when we sat down and we decided that and we decided on um, – you know, how we are going to promote our posts uh, and really sitting down and creating a plan for everything. Okay. I felt like that's when I felt like, oh my God, this is really a business. Mm. Um, that's when we decided we we're going to put ads on our site as well and who we we're going to go with, why we we're going with them and so forth. Um, and you guys use AdThrive, which is who we use for Catch My Party. Yes. And I love them. I mean, they're Me great. Me too. Um, I know there's Mediavine as well. Uh, some yep. people really like them too. Uh, I think they're both great. They both have their advantages. And uh, people should definitely talk to both before making a decision. So today you're monetizing then via ads, via sponsored posts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Any other products or things that you sell or promote? Uh, we've been talking about it, me and my husband. We want a product or like books or something, but it's still very early stages that we haven't really formulated a plan yet as to what we'll be doing. If we do something, it will probably be not maybe the end of this year during the holiday season. But again, we're still discussing it and figuring out what we want from the product uh, for our blog. And are you thinking more like a digital product? We would prefer digital only because everything is so digitized now. Everything, everyone is on mobile or iPads. So it just seems to make more sense that way. But we were also thinking of like actual products too, like, you know, baking products maybe. Um, Again, we haven't really decided what baking products and what's going to be written on them or how we are going to go about it. Right. But that is something definitely that we have been discussing um, as the next step. Got it. And do you do affiliate sales? I used to. I never had the same success as some other people do. I think it's just maybe I, I don't have that as a strength. Okay. Um, Amazon was not paying out as much as I would have wanted. Um, and then there was also, I think, share a sale that I tried for Craftsy. That was a little better. It does pay sometimes uh, for certain uh, conversions. Right. Um, but I don't know. For me, I think for the recipe posts, it's not really working out as well. For some of the party posts, I felt like, uh, yes, the, the turn, um, the results were a little better. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what about social media? Mm-hmm. Like, where, where, where do you live? Like, where, what works for you? So in terms of social media, most of my traffic comes from Pinterest. Okay. <laughs> I think that is the case with most bloggers out mm-hmm. there. Um, I feel Facebook is also very important. I've been working on slowly, you know, growing it and, you know, moving it up there. Um, I do try to keep it active and engaged. I share videos there. I share other people's stuff there too. 
Um, I do think that brands still value Facebook a lot and they're willing to put money into Facebook too for ads. Um, so that is something that people should definitely focus on. And that is something I still focus on um, hugely as well. And okay. Pinterest obviously have to focus on because it is a major source of uh, traffic. Now, what about Instagram for you? Instagram is okay for me. Um, I've never had, I've had some campaigns that were just for Instagram. And it was, they were very simple compared to any of my other campaigns. So where basically you're told to share a picture or make a picture, make a recipe and just photograph it and share it with your readers. So, so it was a very easy way to um, get an income from Instagram. But I don't think it is my main um, social media source out there. Because I feel like food bloggers tend to love Instagram. Oh, I love sharing stuff on Instagram. I feel I love the stories that they have because it is informal and, and you know, it goes into archives afterwards. So I can share something with the readers. Oh, here I am. Or I'm at this conference. This is what's going on. Now look at all the food here. Right. Or I'm at this, you know, food festival. Oh, my God, you need to check this out. Uh, so it is a lot of fun in that. Um, but in terms of, I guess, traffic wise, right. it doesn't really do anything. Right. So I don't really put that much effort into it because at the end of the day, I do want to drive traffic to my site as well. So do you have a group? I, I don't know. I kind of feel like there is like these like food bloggers, um, like they all know each other and stuff. Do you <laughs> I, again, that that feels like me as an outsider looking oh. in. But do you feel like you have friends or other food bloggers that you can bounce ideas off of? I do. I really feel like I do. And I think I'm very fortunate that I have those uh, people in my life right now. Uh, because at times you are like, hey, um, for example, book deals. I've never really thought about it until someone reached out to me. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this right now. <laughs> or maybe I do. I don't know. Um, but you could talk to other bloggers who have been down that road and they would be happy to share their knowledge. Uh, with you or even just you know what's working for them in terms of Facebook some people are excellent with running Facebook ads and then they tell you about it um, and I'm like that's so great uh, um, so I feel like it does help to have colleagues that's what I call them like they're colleagues like they're friends and just like any other workplace where you have other uh, employees or colleagues that you're working with this is the same thing yes you're at your home yes you meet them at conferences you don't see them every day but they're there technically they're there 24 hours because you're on the internet now um, where do you hook up like Facebook groups uh, we sometimes again we chat as well. Like we have each other's numbers. I mean, we've okay. got really close. Uh, we also, you know, um, met at conferences, so we have each other's email addresses. We have, uh, you know, Facebook Messenger. We chat there. Um, also meeting other conferences, just hanging out there. You know, in each other's rooms. Hey, come over to my room. You know, we'll hang out. And then if you have any concerns or questions, you just bring it up. You know, someone will share something, and then it's always very helpful to see how other people are doing things. So that's. Now, how many, what would you say? Like, so you, your son is how old now? My son just turned six. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and how, how does it work for you? How many hours a week are you working? How do you manage being a mom, having a young son and, you know, building a business? Okay. I'm going to be very honest here. I think it's hard. Anyone who's saying it's easy, I, they need to show me their ways because it is hard. Okay. Uh, my husband and I decided early on that we will make sure that our son comes first, our family comes first. 
So I, we also decided early on that I will usually only work on the blog or anything blog related uh, when he's at school or when he's at other activities. I want to spend as much time with him when he's home with me. Yes. So that was the plan and we've really stuck to it. Now that's not to say that things don't come up sometimes. I go to conferences sometimes, which means I'm away for two, three days. Sometimes, you know, there could be a deadline that's looming, you know, and like right ahead and you have to be thinking about that. You're like, okay, sorry, sweetie, mommy needs to finish photographing this. So he will understand that. But I try not to make a habit of it, of doing it every single day. So he knows what I do. He knows that, yes, I take photographs, I make recipes, I go to conferences, and he's fully aware of it. Um, but also I make sure that we are doing other activities that are very important to my family, like taking trips, road trips, uh, taking to the park, uh, or just uh, you know having family events, having them involved in the community. I think those things are equally important, if not more. And did you teach yourself photography? Yes, I did. And how did you do that? Just by practicing. Honestly, really? Just by practicing. Uh, I mean, there are YouTube videos that you can follow along to, at least to show you how the buttons work and, you know, what your the camera is supposed to do. Uh, so that was really helpful in the beginning. But then, honestly, the little guide that comes with the camera, that was very helpful, too, because initially I did not know what all those buttons and features were doing. Or even videography, when I started doing videos, I was lost. I did not know how to use Premiere or edit videos. And then as time went on, we just kept practicing. And you can see, like, some of my old pictures or older videos are not the best. But I left them there because they kind of show how far I have come and how far we can all move. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, how far? Wait, Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. I'm sorry. That's okay. Okay. So, okay, so now are you, is video, because again, I feel like video is huge. Are you doing a lot of video? I am. I do uh, four videos a month, sometimes more, but for each week I do one video. I feel like I do more than one video. It's not really working out for me uh, in terms of promoting it. Because if I do like two videos a week, then when I promote them, both the videos do mediocre. So, but if I do one video, I'm able to promote it more. And I feel like it, I gave it a fighting chance. So. Um, again, every person has their own philosophy with videos. There are some bloggers who say, oh, I do like a video for every single recipe that I'm doing. And they do share multiple videos a week. And that's excellent. I mean, if that can work out with their schedule and if, that can, uh, if that's giving them results that they are looking for. For me, at this time with my schedule and with what the results I was seeing, one video per week is where I was at. And are these videos predominantly for YouTube? No, I don't do YouTube. Uh, YouTube has a different algorithm altogether. They prefer longer videos, a longer format. Uh, People there also prefer, I guess, more of a talking style where you actually in the video talking about a little more personal approach, not the hands-on style that we do for Facebook. Got it. So these videos are like the tasty style. Exactly. So I make sure that those go on Facebook and they also go into my post. Got it. And then will Mm -hmm. you also put them on Instagram? Sometimes I do. Um, sometimes I don't. It just depends. Um, for sponsors, if they've asked me to put it on Instagram, I will. And then sometimes I will just see how it performs. And if it performs well, then I will um, leave it there. If not, sometimes the pictures perform better for me on Instagram mm-hmm. than a video. So I'll be like, yeah, it's weird. It, it, I think it depends on the video itself, like what the video is about. And do you find 
that people love the ooey gooey shots? <laughs> I think they do. I know some people find them very, very disgusting. I have family members who are like, ew, a beer that looks gross. But <laughs> they do really well with the ooey gooey shots, with the caramel coming out, or the chocolate ganache oozing out. Right. Um, I think people are drawn to it on social media. And we want that. If you're selling them with a picture, we only have a few seconds to sell our recipe to them or sell our video to them to really grab their attention. And if I if the Oigly shot is what what's working there, then I'm happy to do it because that is what the recipe is. It's not like I'm faking an Oigly shot. It probably is an Oigly recipe. Right. And and would cheese is it is it typically like do you think it needs to be like chocolate or could it be cheese? Cheese can work well too. Um, I feel like, because I personally, when I'm pinning as a user too, I'm like, wow, that looks really cool. I'll pin that. Uh, especially with grilled cheese, when you show the cheese pull and the cheese stretch between yes. the two. I, come on, that looks really good. I would eat that <laughs> in a heartbeat. <laughs> and I would pin that and I would share that on Facebook happily. That's funny. Now, do you find that because Facebook keeps changing its algorithm, that your those videos, do they get as much reach? See, that's the reason I started doing only one video. Before I was doing a few more, like two maybe a week sometimes. So, but then I realized the reach was going down so much that I was not able to get the same traction. And I'm still not, not the same traction as I was getting last year. Um, the reach has definitely gone down. And I feel like uh, when the brands put in money, sometimes that really does help. Um, mm. with the video. Um, but overall, though, it seems that the reach has gone down. It's not as high as it used to be. I do know that they're working on a Facebook watch channel. Right. Um, so I guess the attention is probably focused on there right now. But their video style is absolutely different than what I'm doing right now, the tasty style. Those From are a little I, longer. Yeah. Remember, we learned at our conference yeah. that, you know, Facebook wants now people to be creating, it sounds like, TV channels. Exactly. Kind of like YouTube style, where they want you to be in there and talk about it. Why are you making this? Uh, you know, share some tips and tricks while you're making it. Um, and that's great. I understand what they're doing. And I think it is a great user experience. I just don't know if I have the time right now to have that on as well. <laughs> right, right. When you're managing your business, what would you say is one tool that you use that you could not live without? Tool like as an appliance? Or and, like no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, like any sort of scheduler or just some something that you use every day to manage oh, your business i think my spreadsheets okay. i live on spreadsheets there's like a spreadsheet for everything i have a spreadsheet for all my posts so far i have a spreadsheet for them and then there are columns and there obviously does it have a video does it need some photo updates so um do i need to go back and rework the recipe maybe i've gotten better at the recipe or i can make it better um, how can I update the post for SEO? So I do a lot of those things where I go back and I look through my spreadsheets pretty aggressively, figuring out what needs to be done. And it also helps me create my to-do list. And how scheduled out are you? Like, are you planning for September or for June? Okay, so as a dessert blogger and someone who does a lot of comfort food, for me, the big time is fall, fall and Christmas. So I'm already photographing um, and basically making videos for those recipes. In the meantime, I've also done some for like pure summer grilling season, like uh, grilled chicken and so forth. 
Interesting. Okay. But my so main you... focus right now is for fall and Christmas. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And it's only today's what? May 1st. Yes. May 1st. So. Wow. So you are very organized. I think that is the way you need to be if you're running a business or if you're doing any work. It's not just a blogging business. I think in any work that you do, even if you're doing a nine to five at an office, you need to be super organized in order yes. to get some work done, in order to be efficient. Because when I don't, on days that I don't write a to-do list, I am honestly all over the place. <laughs> so mm. I need a list. I need structure. Right. And especially working for yourself, you don't have a boss yeah. telling exactly. you, like, I need this on my desk tomorrow. Yes. And also you have a family too. So you have other commitments there. Like my son has a, a PTA meeting coming up or I have to go to school for a fundraiser or something, or there's something happening in like, you know, the community that he's involved in. Then maybe he has an event happening there I need to be at. And for me, I need to make sure that my work is basically scheduled around his work too. Or my right. husband has something coming up. So yeah. Okay. What is the one piece of advice you wished you knew when you were starting out? I wish I had focused a bit more on SEO. I really wish I did. Um, I feel like I'm getting into it now and it's really, really helped and I'm seeing results. But I feel like um, social media, the algorithm is so volatile and things can change so abruptly. You could have a million pages today and like barely anything happening tomorrow. Or when she, like, you're all seeing that with Pinterest, you're all seeing that with Facebook. It's just the way it is. Even on Instagram, the reach has gone down. That, that's what people are saying. So, and I've also been seeing that. So it just seems like with Google, this, if you know your blog niche and you are writing good content that is relevant, then it seems like it seems to give you more traffic. And that traffic tends to pay better in terms of ads as well. Yes, and I have to say, you are not the first person who has said this in terms of what they wish they knew. Yeah, I feel like I took too long to get into it. But you know, you got to start somewhere. You do. Exactly. I mean, it's it's a business where you're learning something new every day, and you need to keep evolving with the changes. So whether it's social media, whether it's Google, Google's algorithm changes too. But at least you need to understand what's happening and make the changes accordingly. But before it was like I was totally ignoring Google, which I should not have. Right. Mm -hmm. And it seems like from everything, other guests and what I'm learning as well, Google's really smart. And if you structure your posts in a way that Google can understand them, then your chances of showing up in search go up drastically. Exactly. That's the thing. Sometimes I have a good post or decent pictures with a lot of social media traffic to back it up. But I'm like, why is this not ranking? And then I go into the post and I've talked about maybe some random stuff or uh, whatever. Or the post content was so thin, like it had less than 200 words or something. And I'm like, come on. I mean, I would not click on that post and read through it. So it just seems to make more sense when you learn about SEO that, oh, okay, that makes sense. I know why that person is ranking higher because that person did, um, sometimes you see all recipes or um, like Genius Kitchen or something, they're ranking high. The reason is because their content is something that the readers are liking and they are leaving a lot of comments and they're engaging with it. So we need to make sure that we are doing the same thing with our content too. Obviously, backlinks are important too. There's so many little factors that go into the whole concept of SEO which I'm learning and I'm thinking that, wow, I should have really focused on this back in the day when I started. I know, I know, but I always say SEO is not sexy. It's not, not at all. 
like Instagram, Instagram's sexy. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's like, ooh, look what I just made. And, it, you know, it's lots of hearts everywhere. Yes. Cute emojis. <laughs> totally. No, I think SEO is a lot of work. There's also a lot of learning. Uh, at least for me, it was a lot of learning. And But at least now that I'm seeing results, I'm more motivated to keep doing it. Because it's yes. making more sense to me and I'm understanding it. And it also makes sense as to why Google is giving certain posts more priority than others. And it just makes a little more sense than sometimes the traffic that I see from Facebook, where basically I only see traffic when something goes viral. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, Abir, how can people reach out to you, talk to you, see what you're doing? Like, let people know how they can connect. Okay, well, they're more than welcome to email me. Um, my email address is abeer at cakewiz.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram as cakewiz1. I'm also on Facebook as cakewiz, on Twitter as cakewiz. Um, yeah, so they can reach out to me any way they like, and I'm happy to answer any questions they have. And are you going to any food conferences? I am. I'm going to Everything Food Conference. I think it's in like only a few days now, maybe nine, ten days. Uh, and I'm presenting there on Pinterest. Nice. Yeah, so it should be a lot of fun. Very and exciting. where is that? It's happening in Utah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any others that I should try and meet up with you at? I was thinking of IFBC, but I think it's later in the year, around fall. I'm still not sure if I'm going to that or not. I'm still. What is it again? Up. Say it again. IFBC. IFBC. Yeah, it's International Food Blogging Conference. I was okay. there last year as a speaker. It was fun. It was different. Um, I'm not sure about this year. We have a lot of other things happening at the same time. So I'm trying to see if I can work that into my schedule. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much thank for being so on much. the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for being my friend that first day. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Thank you. Are you trying to grow your social media followers and email subscribers? Well, if you've got two minutes, I've got a product for you. It's Milo Tree. Milo Tree is a smart pop-up slider that you install on your site and it pops up and asks your visitors to follow you on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, or subscribe to your list. It takes two minutes to install. We offer a WordPress plugin or a simple line of code, and it's Google-friendly on mobile and desktop. So we know where your traffic is coming from. We show a Google-friendly pop-up on desktop and a smaller Google-friendly pop-up on mobile. Check it out. Sign up today and get your first 30 days free. 